The World of Cockcalf podcast is back with another Cockcalf laser focus. We did the other Virgin Islands. Let's do the other Virgin Islands. Hello, welcome back to the World of Concaf podcast. I'm Eric Schmitz. I'm Jonathan Sleep. And I'm Donald Wine. And it has been a minute, but we're going to pretend that it was just, you know, take a little bit of a break. Donald, see what it, see it, what it happened was there, there was <laughs> there's this thing called time and it kept going. Yeah. And we stopped. I've yeah. been busy traveling to other CONCACAF nations. I mean, I spent some time in Mexico. Like we, we actually were going to record an episode last week, but I was doing oppo research. I mean, Donald and I did a CONCACAF away since we recorded last. Mm-hmm. So it like we have a lot of catching up to do, and the best way to catch up is to start, you know, do do well, just do an episode. That would help. Yeah. And uh, the last one we had done. Uh, was the British Virgin Islands. So we're going to do the U.S. Virgin Islands today. And I just want to say thank you to all of our fans, our followers, our patrons, our beloved patrons. If you support us on our Patreon, patreon.com backslash podcacaf. Um, really appreciate everyone's support. I'm going to break some news that we won't be charging you for the next month um, just because, you know, we're, we haven't been doing much. But we're holidays, delinquent. we're delinquent. So we got you. Thank you for having us. Um, and we just want twenty twenty four. It's going to be a big year for World of Concacaf. I mean, we got Nations League coming up. Nations League at, finals. Any We're Nations be League year. Jonathan is actually going to make it this time. So yes, we're we're actually gonna we're we got a lot of plans, but you know you know us. Will it lay happen? We'll see, eh. but, but we're here. We're they'll probably here. no. The real question is, they'll probably happen. Will we remember to? Will we record an episode about them? Is, is yeah, the other thing. yeah. I mean, we, we got a lot of catching up to do. But again, first things first, we got to do something. So we're talking U.S. Virgin Islands today. Um, now, if you remember in our last episode, which was last year, uh, we did. British Virgin Islands. And of course, because it's CONCACAF, we've got two. It's almost like St. Martin and St. Martin. You know, it's the same thing, but different. Same, same, but different. You know, um, let's start with the country itself. And Donald, you've been there. I've been there. Yes. I've been to St. Thomas. And Jonathan, you've been there. I, I have as well, and I have also been to St. Thomas. It's the the only island of the of the the big ones that I've been to within the was, U.S. Was this a cruise US. thing or a plane that you guys go? On? For me, it was a cruise thing. Okay. Several cruises. I've been okay. there six, seven times. Okay, so I don't have to ask you whose plane you took to the Virgin Islands. Uh, no, you, the the boat works good so donald let's uh, start with the country's history and some background on 
why it's the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. So first off, let's talk about the actual Virgin Islands, right? There's three main islands. There's 50 different smaller islands that are a part of this, but there's really three main islands that we talk about when we refer to the U.S. Virgin Islands. It's St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix. The capital is Charlotte Amelie, which is on St. Thomas. That is the city that I, I believe Jonathan has gone to, and I definitely have gone to several, several times. This archipelago of, of this you know conglomeration of islands has been inhabited by natives for a thousand, ten, you know, a couple thousand years, as early as a thousand BC was the first inhabitants. But of course, this guy, you may have heard of him. His name is Christopher Columbus. He quote Asshole. unquote discovered them. Uh, in 1493, he named them Saint Ursula y las once mil virgenes, which is Saint Ursula in the 11,000 virgins. It was later then shortened to the Virgin Islands. This you may remember from the British Virgin Islands episode because this was all the same thing. The Spanish settled there first, then the English and French got there about 50 years afterwards. And then there was originally a dispute between Spain, France, Great Britain, and the Netherlands over who owned the islands. Then came the Danish. Yes, the Danish. The Danish settled in 1675. They then settled. They first started in St. Thomas, then St. John. And then the French said, we want to get out of St. Croix. And the Danish said, we'll purchase them too. So in 1733, the three islands and then the, you know, the, the smaller ones around them became the Danish West Indies. Now, in 1733, this is when they bought St. Croix to become the Danish West Indies. In that same year, one of the first major slave rebellions in the New World happened in St. John. The slaves were able to take over the island for six months before the Danish were able to get it back. But at a certain point, they abolished slavery. There was another rebellion. Danish settlers decided, yo, we're trying to get up out of here. Um, mainly because the plantations that they had were no longer profitable because they didn't have slave labor to to rely on for uh, for their for their money. So... At this point, the United States, who of course is a you know brand new, you know, fairly new country, was like, hey, y'all got some islands. That's pretty cool. We might be interested in taking those off your hands. And so at first in 1867, there was a treaty signed between the United States and Denmark that said, Yes, we will sell you the US Virgin Islands. But no one actually did the transaction, the business transaction. So they stayed in Danish hands until the U.S. finally bought the Virgin Islands in 1917 for $25 million. Now, we could talk... That's, what, that's all, half a Chelsea Clinton. That's half, half a Chelsea Clinton. That's the Chelsea or the Clinton, <laughs> but not both. But yeah. we, we, can, we can talk in a later episode about how the United States buys incredible pieces of land for very little amounts of money, like the U.S. Virgin Islands, you know, Alaska, the Louisiana yeah. Purchase. All those were bought for very cheap, but... Uh, we ha we now have the U.S. Virgin Islands. The U.S. Virgin Islands are a territory of the United States. They are not a state, obviously. They are just a territory, but inhabitants of the island are U.S. citizens. However, they do not have full representation in Congress, sort of like Puerto Rico, you know, American Samoa, Guam, and, of course, where I live in Washington, D.C. However, I will say that the U.S. Virgin Islands do have more representation in Congress than D.C. does. That's that's whack, but yeah, it's, I also, it's, they also can't vote in the presidential election, which I did correct. not know either. But the, wait, they do primaries. They can vote though, in right? primaries. They can vote in primaries, but not the actual election. So dumb. I do want to point out. I don't like dating these episodes, but today is January seventeenth, 
January 17th, 1917 was when the deal was finalized for the U.S. to take mm-hmm. over. So today is the anniversary that we're recording. Happy I birthday. We did not plan this. It's just a happy coincidence. Shh. We planned this. Eh, no. I, no we, uh, we forgot the cake, though. We for, we were going to have a cake and everything. Yeah, Eric, we didn't talk about this. I wanted, I wanted to I didn't talk about you either. I was just saying I was going to get myself yeah. a cake, but I forgot. I, I would have liked the cake. But yeah. all right. So now the U.S. owns it. So it makes it pretty easy to get there. Donald, Jonathan, you guys have both been there. I don't know, Jonathan, you want to start with like what your experience was there and about like the country and the culture, like how, how is it different from other islands? Yeah, I would say that. So when I went, I spent a lot of time in the water, like like water sports are a big thing there. The U S Virgin islands specifically has some of the best scuba diving um, in the Caribbean. And there's just, you know, there's several, um, you know, specific like coral reef parks and things like that. Um, then also St. Thomas specifically has some interesting ties to piracy, um, famously and some, fa- some, some spurious ties to, to Blackbeard. Uh, they, he may or may not have after he got pardoned the first time, uh, and France basically gave him a license to be a pirate. Cause that was a thing then, um, he may have gotten that license in, uh, St. Thomas. There is a castle um, or it's actually it's more of it's a watchtower along one of the harbors there that I went to um, that it's called Skysborg, which means protective uh, castle. But they've called it Blackbeard's Castle. And it's like it's just part of the lore that maybe one time he looked out from that uh, tower. <laughs> um, there's not really anything in particular that uh, um, that like ties him to that other than like it's basically an urban legend uh yeah. at this point which I- i'm all for perpetuating those um but no it was um you know culturally wise i mean it's tourism is a is a big portion of the island and i mean if you're there when a cruise ship comes in um there's it's going to be a lot of tourists uh around um but you know some great shot it's known for its shopping in the caribbean which is interesting like it duty free shopping, great place to get a watch. Um, it's where I got my watches. Yep, yeah, fantastic place to get a watch. Um, one of the things I didn't do when I was there, I think Donald, you said you've been by, but the second oldest synagogue in the Western Hemisphere is in St. Thomas. That's interesting. So, Donald, you were one of those cruise ship tourists. What what was the experience like for you there? It, it's cool. You know, first of all, the one thing that we did, because I've been so many times, you know, if you go once or twice, you don't really get to get the full feel of an island, especially if you're on a cruise, because you only have, you know, a few hours at, on, you mm-hmm. know, at a particular destination. You can't really fit everything into one day. And, you know, of course, you know, Jonathan mentioned he was in the water for for his time. So like that takes up the bulk of your time. So the great thing is coming going back several times. I've been able to do, you know, a bunch of different things. A lot of it involves the shopping and the tourism. Um, You know, again, great place to get watches. Great place to get watches. You know, negotiations are, are, are were off the hook. You know, me, there was one there's one cruise in particular where the whole family got watches for the price of one. Um, My dad bought a watch and he was like. I can't bring this watch back to the ship unless everybody gets a watch. And the man was like, you're right. And so all five of us got watches. So um, that was dope. I had that watch for like 15 years until it finally went kaput. Not 
you know, shout, shout out Fossil. They they, they get it done. But um, the the one thing is I've also been able to try some of the food. And one of the things that they have that's kind of unique to the island is called fungi. It's spelled like fungi, but it's pronounced fungi. And it basically, I don't know, Jonathan, if you've seen this, it basically looks like mushy grits with okra mm-hmm. in it. And they usually throw fish on top of it, like a salt fish or like a, a boiled fish of some sort. So um, it's it's very interesting. Um, it you would think it'd be seasoned because a lot of the uh, uh, foods in the Caribbean have a lot of seasoning in it. The the one I had probably probably wasn't a good representation of it because it wasn't well seasoned. But a lot of the other foods are they they take you know, of course West Indies they take a lot of uh, inspiration from from India. They have a lot of curries, a lot of roti. Um, you know, again, salt fish and, and the fishes that they use are very usually with a lot of different spices and some masalas and stuff like that and thrown into fish curry. So the food there is very good. But Johnny rum, cakes as well. Was Johnny, a big, cakes is a big, is, Johnny cakes is, is huge. Cruise and rum. If you have ever seen cruise and rum in a in a liquor store. Let's put it this way. If you haven't, you never went to college because cruise and rum is all <laughs> over the place. Um, it is on the bottom shelf with your aristocrats and your, you know, your your bottom shelf liquors. It's your Malibu coconut. Your Mal- yeah. it, it's, it's actually it might even be below Malibu uh, coconut. It <laughs> might it might be on the on the lower shelf, like underneath the floor. Um, but cruising has like 30 different kinds of flavor rums on cruise ships. They really hype them up because they are American. Um, so you can bring a lot of them back. This is one where if you go to the if you go on a cruise, you're only really allowed to bring one liter of liquor back. But if you go to the Virgin Islands, you are allowed to bring five liters back. So cruise and rum gets a lot of business because they go, hey, we have 24 different kinds of rum. Pick five of them. You could take them home. <laughs> so um, you get to you get to have a lot of cruise and rum there. All right. Quick question, because everyone's got one. What's your favorite cruise and rum? Because we all should have one. Um, well, no one should have their favorite cruise and rum. It's not that mm-hmm. cruise and rum is not great because while all of them are decent, none of them are very, very good. In my opinion, all I right. will say preferred, preferred, I, not. Yeah, favorite. I, I, you know, what's funny though. I never had this. I never like bought it. Um, but the, I, I had the vanilla before. That's very good. Um, they had a cinnamon one that was like the precursor to fireball, like that sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty decent, but I never bought a bottle. The one that they came out with recently was like a birthday cake one. It was it was absolutely amazing. Um, it was again, you could try a shot of it and you'd be like, This is amazing. Can I buy a bottle of this? I do not know <laughs> what I could do with this. I can't put it on a birthday cake, I can't put it in ice cream. This this is not this is you can't put like mix it with anything. It's just straight birthday cake, like you know, flavored vodka. It was very, very good. I don't even think they have it anymore because they realized that people loved it but couldn't use it on anything. Yeah, yeah I'm actually I'm uh peek behind the curtain now. I'm like on the cruise and website looking through <laughs> flavors uh of rums. Interested in the guava one. Um, I would say my favorite rum is the the white rum because I can put it in things and then not mm-hmm. really have to taste it. Um so that is the that vanilla is one my... is the best one for me. The vanilla one is the best one because you can put that in Coke. You, I mean, everyone, everyone's had a vanilla Coke before a Coke float. So they have that, that flavor of it. Mm-hmm. You can put it in a Dr. Pepper, um, which I think is great. And I think you can put it in like a, um, like an orange soda or something like that, or a grape soda. And you kind of make a creamsicle uh, type yeah. of vibe out of it. So that's probably the most versatile one. And it's, pr- and it's like the one that tastes the best in my opinion. Yeah. I got, I got to stand up for the black cherry. 
Uh, oh, that's good. Black, yeah, that's a good black cherry rum and Coke. I don't think you can do rum and Coke. As far as like bottom shelf, you know, rums, if you get your cruise in black cherry and a Coke, I think you're you're going to have a good night. They have also, a cruise in guava that I'm very interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine the key lime is pretty decent as well for the, the rum and Coke The key lime situation. is very sweet. It is very sweet. I don't know why. I don't know how they like how they how got they it to that so point. Sweet. Yeah, it's not like you know how key lime key lime pie has like a sweet, but like kind of a really more tart taste. Mm-hmm. That one has a really sweet taste for some reason, in my opinion. But I, I will say the other thing about cruiser rum is that it is unavoidable in the same in in the Virgin Islands because cruising rum there is like I mean it's like on the cruise ship mm-hmm. you could get five bottles for like. 15 bucks and that is expensive compared to it being on the <laughs> island on the island i walked off with five bottles of liquor and i don't think i think i had to break a 10 like that's how cheap <laughs> cruise and rum is on the island but also the great thing about saint uh saint thomas is that they get stuff from around the caribbean that we can't get right so like mm-hmm. they have the the Captain Bly's like that sort of thing. They don't have Captain Bly specifically, or at least I haven't no. checked for it because I went the last time I went there before I went to um, St. Vincent. So I wasn't necessarily checking for it, but like they had the Antiguan rums like English Harbor um, that were very rare to get back then. They have, you know, the rums from like uh, Bonaire and uh, St. Vincent and St. Uh, St. Martin, um, uh, the like guava berry ones, the Aruba ones. So they have those. And because they're able to get it, you know, easier, if you go to the Virgin Islands, you can still buy it. However, since it is not made in St. Thomas, you still can only bring one of those bottles back. But if it's a St. If it's a Virgin Island rum, you can bring back five, five liters of it. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, as much as I love talking rum on this podcast, I feel like that's honestly what we might do best. Um, oh, wait, we before we move on real quick, uh, we were talking about this before the show started, but we need to list some of the people um, that are notable for being from St. Vincent, because there's yes. there's some pretty interesting. You mean ones. now yeah, Saint, not St. Vincent? We I'm have, sorry. We Saint, have, Saint, we have, I keep saying St. Vincent. They're two uh, the Virgin Islands. Virgin yeah. Islands. The Virgin Islands. So I, I'm going to I'm going to give Slave a couple of these. But Tim Duncan is probably the most famous sports hero uh, from St. Uh, St. Thomas, or I'm, I'm sorry, from the Virgin Islands, he was born in St. Croix. He most famously, he of course, he represented the United States in basketball, but in the Olympics, he was going, they played against the Virgin Islands one time, and he famously sat out that game because he said, I will never play against my my home island, even though I you know feel proud playing for the United States. I will never shoot a basketball against them. And so he literally said, I'm not playing in this game. And they were like, that's cool. You're Tim Duncan, <laughs> you can do that. Um, Aaliyah Boston uh, is from there. Nick Claxton's from there. Raja Bell is from there. Now, there's a one that's uh, Quentin Coriat. I don't know if you guys know who Quentin Coriat is. He used to play football back in the day. Uh, he went to Texas A&M. At Texas A&M, he had what is, conceived, what is considered one of the greatest, most brutalist hits in the history of college football. He hit this dude so hard that he, like, knocked five of his teeth out and knocked this dude out on national TV. It... it when you look up Quentin Coriat, uh TCU hit, it, it's like a grainy video, but like dude just absolutely was instantaneously knocked out from his hit. It's, it's vicious. But Quentin Coriat was born in, in the uh, Virgin Islands. Also, Robert Oppenheimer was not born there, 
But once he finished up with the the Manhattan Project and all that stuff, he actually moved to uh to the Virgin Islands and they had a home there. And every year for a few months a year, he would live in the Virgin Islands. Yeah, others. Um, there's just I I was even just looking at the list of people that um from St. Thomas. Um, but like Rashawn Ross, who is known, he's one of the trump trumpet guy for Dave Matthews band. Um, we have uh Kelsey Grammer. Um, we won't talk about his political views, but you know, <laughs> Fraser Crane over here. Um, but uh, you know, it's just yeah, it's really interesting for such a small island or a small place. I mean, there's eighty thousand people there. Um, that it uh, there's just so many people uh, in either live there or have connections uh, to St. Thomas. And I know a few people that have lived there it, because, again, it's super easy to it, you know, from the United States. It's easy to get there. It's part of the United States. You don't need a passport or anything from here to go. And a lot of people find themselves down there because it's easy to find work, especially during uh, the high traffic tourism portions of the year. So I know a lot of people who end up just moving down there saying, hey, I'm going to work the tourism industry for a couple of months. And all of a sudden, two years later, like, oh, I guess I'm done now. I guess I'll come home. So uh, it's it's an easy place to live. And a lot of people love living down there. Interesting. All right. Let's talk some soccer. Let's talk about soccer in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, just some general background on the the organization there, uh, the U S Virgin islands has their federation. It's the U S Virgin islands soccer association. So U S visa or US visa, or I don't know how you want to say it, but it's U S V A V I S A. Um, they were founded in 1987 and joined FIFA in 1998. Their headquarters are in Christensted and uh, St. Croix. Um, they're dedicated some, um, some values, uh, respect and teamwork and integrity and accountability. Uh, the interesting thing for me is, and for anyone who went to some sort of business school in the U.S., they have a SWOT analysis on their website, which I don't know if I've seen one of those in the wild since my college classes, but they have they they have a lot of like game planning. And it, uh, one thing I did recently see is that they are um, working with FIFA now. FIFA had, with their um, goal project, had given them funding to build the Bethlehem Soccer Complex in St. Croix back in 2015. That is their national stadium. It opened in 2019 officially, has their offices and uh, an artificial turf field with uh, seating for 1,200. So as far as small islands go, they've got some good infrastructure there. But with a federation so small, there is still the need for finding ways to grow. So FIFA selected U.S. Virgin Islands to be the first member association to partake in its capacity development program. Essentially, FIFA showed up and like had met with local leaders, the federation, sponsors, just trying to like, get a better sense of like, all right, what are we working with here and how do we make this better? And since... The Virgin Islands, their teams are not necessarily good, as we'll talk about in the FIFA rankings later. Um, I think especially with, you know, the relatively solid economy there and the support from the U.S., like there is potential to grow from where they are now, which is it's not a high bar to clear. 
Uh, as far as domestic soccer goes, there's actually two leagues. There's a Saint League on Saint Thomas, and a league in Saint Croix. Um, the Saint Croix League actually dates back to the 1968-69 season, so they've been playing soccer there for years and years and years. Um, as far as format goes, the top two winners of each league actually play in the Association Club Championship, and they've been doing that since 1997. So they've got two small leagues on the two islands, and then they'll play each other for like the, you know, inter-island championship every year. Um, but there aren't a lot of teams. There's not a lot of players. Let's talk about the national teams. Donald, I don't know if you want to touch on the women's national team first. Yeah, so like a lot of women's national teams out there here in CONCACAF, there isn't a lot of information about them, but here's what we can tell you. They're 183rd in the FIFA rankings, and while they don't have a lot of history listed, the one thing that's kind of good about you know recent, recent history is that they have one. You know, when we talk about some of these women's teams, we've talked how some of these teams have not played in a very long time. But thanks to qualification for the W Gold Cup, which is kind of being viewed as the Women's Nations League, they've played four games recently. And they played uh, in, in the CONCACAF W Gold Cup qualifying. They lost twice for Grenada, and then they also played the Bahamas twice. They drew, and then they won. They have not qualified for the W Gold Cup. Uh, they did not get to qualify for that. They have not qualified for Women's World Cup or CONCACAF W Championship. But I think with the resources that are going to hopefully be coming in from all of these different CONCACAF competitions that have started recently on the women's side, the hope is that they're going to get more opportunities to play, more opportunities to get better, and more opportunities for them to identify talent. Because again, it's it's kind of hard for them to find talent, especially on the women's side, because everyone who lives in the Virgin Islands is also an American citizen. So if they're any good, they're going to try and go through that system. So the idea is to see who they can get from those systems and from and from everywhere else where they have uh, connections to try and build up their program and get more talent onto the field. And most importantly, we need to refer to them as the Lady Eagles as their official nickname. The Lady Eagles. Uh, now we talk about the Lady Eagles. Let's talk about the Dashing Eagles, the men's national team. Jonathan, what's I what's I, I do want to give there's one thing I do want to say so it's not the Dashing Eagles. It is just the singular. They are the Dashing Eagle. Um, just one of them. It's, it's, so it is not a. Uh, they they are collectively a, an eagle. They're, they're, they are they are collectively a, a single eagle. So, um, yeah. So the only been around. They played their first match uh, in 1998. That was a match against the British Virgin Islands. They won one zero. Currently, they're ranked 208th uh, in the world. Uh, so right there, down at the bottom, with our friends uh, Anguilla. They at one point hit up to 149th, um, but that was in 2011, and they have since tumbled down uh, the standings. Uh, a couple things, um, you know, are just interesting. So, you know, they're coached by a, a Brazilian guy named Gilberto Diamano, who has has come in really with this idea. You know, Eric talked a little bit about this, so like with the FIFA goal projects, um, but really this idea of trying to leave a legacy across the U.S. Virgin Islands and ways they're looking to you know improve the infrastructure. Um, and they were doing a lot of this stuff during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic 
Uh, and he started to kind of really outline what they wanted to do back in March of 2020 is like a three phased approach uh, that would last over the span of six years. Um, so that first phase was, um, you know, he said, involving involves in analyzing every area to become more professional. So a lot of things like putting a better administration in place, social media. They're trying to look at other org uh, national teams and trying to adapt. Then the next phase, um, which I feel is just a cop-out, is the analysis of the first phase and planning for their adaptations. Uh, and then really they're looking at sort of targeting um, really after 2024 20, into 25 and 26, um, you know, about a full-scale implementation of the plans that they're working on right now. So really interested to see what they have planned coming through. Um, there's not a ton, you know, else going on right now within the U.S. Virgin Islands. Of course, they're in uh, League C, CONCACAF Nations League. Uh, maybe there's a chance we see them get promoted. Um, but that's really about it, about the, um, you know, the men's national team. I will say, Eric and I, we're actually, we were all talking beforehand. Um, you know, the team is made up of a lot of players um, from from all over that, most of them aren't playing full-time professional soccer. A lot of like really small um, colleges in the United States, uh, small amateur teams. So uh, almost we could build a real team, fake team, off of the names of teams that uh, players are playing for uh, within uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yes, and speaking of real team or fake team, I think it is time. We're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to get to the game you've been waiting for this whole episode. We'll be right back. All right. It's time. Donald, get up to, get up to bat. You're up to bat. Get to the oh, plate. I got to get bat? Oh, let, me get, let me get my helmet. It is time for... The greatest game in all podcasts around CONCACAF. It is time for real team or fake team. Jonathan and I have six teams that Donald has to hear these crazy names and tell us if it's a real team or a fake team. Uh, I think we got some winners here. We got uh, Donald's going to be tough sledding. Are you ready for mm -mm. this? All right. Uh, Jonathan and I did not talk about who wants to go first. I'll take first. You want to go first? Okay, you go first. So, Donald, the team name is Blackbeard SC. Blackbeard SC. I am going to go... I'm going to say that's a fake team. That is correct. That is a fake team. The SC is what threw me off. If that's the case. <laughs> we'll see how that pans out. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got L-R-V-I-F-C. L-R-V-I-F-C. Correct. Does that stand for something? Yes. L-R... So it's an acronym. L-R-V-I-F-C. Yes. FC, I uh, assume, stands for football club. I would, I would hope so. Vi, um, Vi may stand for Virgin Islands. It might little region version. That's 
we'll go real because a lot of acronyms are used. We'll go real. That is a real team. L-R-V-I-F-C uh, stands for La Raza Virgin Islands FC. Um, they are also known as Castaway Soccer Club, but their official Ooh, name is L-R-V-I-F-C. They should just go by that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I saw <laughs> that and I'm like, man, they're go- they're their branding needs some work. Branding. Don- branding is off. Donald is two for two. Your next team is Unique Tropical SC. Unique Tropical FC. SC. SC. Mm-hmm. And and Eric out there for you, ladies and gentlemen, is trying to hide his face to keep from laughing. Um, now he's turned his video off. This makes me think it's real. It's it is real. Um, but you would be <laughs> remiss if you thought that SC stand for soccer club. What is stands it for, for? Unique Tropical Sports Club. Uh, they're oh, based sports in okay. they're based in Saint Croix, uh, and they're actually they've been around since 1974. I, I just I just want to note for the record that both of them have now turned off their videos because I, I don't know why this is this is really this is really weirding me out. <laughs> you, you should you shouldn't be like getting hints from us. It should really be like getting the vibes of the names and trying you, to determine the, it vi- the vibe was in the acronyms and in, in whatever 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 the first one Jonathan had that I that I have since forgotten. Uh well Blackbeard. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up. New Vibes SC. New Vibes FC. SC. SC. Oh, so there are a lot of SCs here. Okay. New vibes. Is it is it an S or a Z? S. S. Um. I'll say it's fake. New Vibes SC is a real team. They in fact mm. are the defending St. Thomas St. John's League champions. I, I should have def- I should have known the defending I my association gut. club championship <laughs> champions as well. And the thing I want to point out is New Vibes SC. There was also previously a Positive Vibes SC club, and they met in the 2013 club championship. So there were Vibes derbies. And all vibe and all vibe dirty derby. All vibe, all vibes derby. So um, Positive Vibes is no longer around, but um, the vibes at some point, you know. I feel like I've heard of positive vibes before. And that's only because I think like the U.S. Virgin Islands, I feel like had like one team that like dominated in uh, like the CONCACAF club championships. We talked about this on a, on a previous episode, didn't we? Like, am I, am I thinking about the same team? I, I, no, I think it was vibe squad or there was also, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's also just a vibe. There's also just a vibes SC or FC. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I thought it was positive vibes because I remember us talking about oh there's of course positive vibes would like do well in this tournament or whatever it was. It yeah. is a vibes based economy. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, someone said that shirt, one. shirt in stores. Yes. Um. So that's three for four. Yeah. No. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Three yeah. for four. Yeah. Three, three, for, four. three for, four. for four. Okay. So Jonathan, go ahead. Uh, so my last one, I have United We Stand SC. 
United We Stand SC. You know what? I feel like this is something that like they did when like Obama was elected president or something. So I'm going to say that's a real team. That is a real team. Uh, I can give you the only additional information I can give you. The president of the club is Monique Chetram, and the general se secretary is Dwight Ferguson. I can give you no other information about this team, <laughs> except there is. So this is one of the few. There is one. There's one or two guys that actually play for or have played for uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands that ha that do play for this club. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, they are also based in Charlotte, Emily, and they finished third in the St. Thomas League last season. So there's also that. We we do have some other information on it, but um, yes, I don't. I'm not sure historically when they came in. Um, all right, did did you get that one right? Yeah. So he is. I did. He is four, uh, for, four five. for five. Um, oh. so he cannot beat me. He, but he huh. can. It's always about uh, Jonathan's. Marks. It's always about. <laughs> yes, Jonathan. it is. I've gone six. No, for I've six, already so. gotten. I've already gotten a six for six. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's right. it's just six. Eric. Yeah. I was going to say that's just Eric that hasn't gotten a yeah. six for six. Yeah, I'm the one hitting the median. So mm -hmm. all right, so one one to go. Waitiku Boli SC. Waitiku Boli. Waitiku Boli SC. I need you to spell that. W a i t i k u b u l i s c. I'm saying that's real because you can't even pronounce the shit. <laughs> it's Kalinago. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's just. A, it's a word. How do you know what it means? Are you saying it's real or a fake? I'm saying it's real because only only because you spelled it, and I'm trying to piece it together, and I, I just figured out you can't. You didn't pronounce it right, so it's just, just a team name. It's just it's just Taiko Atiti. Yeah, so I'm just yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it's real. All right, it is a real team. Um, Waitiku Bully is the Kalinago name for Dominica. Uh, it means tall is her body, and their logo actually has like the Dominica flag in it. And oh, interesting. I, I'm not sure. I tried figuring out what the tie-in maybe there's just a lot of dominican players um but yeah i if, would considering everything else is a very american english name i felt it was very odd but um vibes. i do want anyone that is that is interested um Go check out the U.S. Virgin Island Soccer Association. There's very few other teams, uh, but the best thing about it is um, the majority of them, they do not have a JPEG image for their crest. It is the picture of a patch or it is the picture of a terribly printed T-shirt um, that just has, <laughs> has the, the name in there uh, as well. Shout out Prankton SC. Yes, Prankton. All right. Um, that about wraps this up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for sticking around. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at podcaf p o d c a c a f. Um, Patreon. We've got a Patreon where you can support the podcast. We got to pay hosting fees for when we do post podcasts. Um, really appreciate all your support. Patreon.com slash podcaf. Uh, Jonathan, where can people find you? 
uh, at JSlape SSP, uh, and then a bit at Broadway Sports Media. And Donald at Blazing DW on Twitter and Instagram. And I will see both of you momentarily. And you get listen to us on Patreon. We're doing our special one more round bonus episode. Um, we've got a lot of catching up to do. So, uh, yeah, come over there. We're going to talk more nonsense, probably more room drinks. So we'll see you there. Thanks for listening. Vibes. Vibes.